The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Down to Biscay. Yikes. Uh, five on the floor, drive for my dogs, where here's the thing, you can check the score, hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs, just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all, kept the floor playing, got an all band, y'all seen the block, stop with one hand, and pack with trust, it's power have the guts, we're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome back to Five on the Floor. This is not Ethan Skolnick. This is not Greg Sylvander. This is Alex Toledo here with you. The floor plan, I've got my man Brady Hawk with me. We're here to talk about a 121-110 heat win over the Kings in Sacramento with no Jimmy Butler. No Tyler Hero, no Terry Rozier, no Josh Richardson, no Nikola Jovic, and all the guts regardless. They they had enough tonight, Brady, and uh, I kind of want to get straight into it. This is one of the most impressive wins of the season. It's funny because we said that last time they beat the Kings, which was here at home. To do it in Sacramento, insane. The Kings make them make the Heat look like a very good offensive team, it feels like. And I, I can't remember the last time um, – They've swept the season series uh, versus the Kings. They're they're notoriously always tough to beat in Sacramento, even when they weren't a good team. Even during the big three years, they gave them trouble in Sacramento. So it's now that, you know, they're a pretty good team. And to, you know, sweep the season series and under these circumstances, you know, Kings are the second night of a back-to-back, sure. But, you know, just did it in a swift, swift way. And, uh so, yeah, I want to get into it uh, straight ahead when we're going to start off with the Rock Esports Gamer of the Night. And now on Five on the Floor, it's time for the Gamer of the Night, sponsored by Rock Esports Center, the place to eat, drink, and play all day. Host your next birthday party with them. Located at 15305 South Dixie Highway in Palmetto Bay, they've got a 5,500-square-foot state-of-the-art center equipped with all the high-end power. Play all-day passes, available for just 25 bucks. but if you mention five reasons... It's just $20. So mention five reasons or five RSN. You get to play all day for $20. And now, the gamer of the night. All right, Brady, I'm going to lob it up to you here. Who do you think is the gamer of the night tonight? It's got to be Jaime Hawkins. I mean, it's when you look at the, the bear stats, I think Bam had 28, Jaime had 26. But the way that the Miami Heat went to Jaime down the stretch of that game and basically said when the offense at the wall and it became a two-point game and said, like, get us out of this, he deserves it. He deserves all the credit in the world. And it wasn't even at that point. Like, he was, he, I thought he did some really good stuff early in that game. Like, the, the fact that when you're without so many of your guys, without so many of your offensive creators, and they basically said a lot of points in this game, uh, let's mismatch hunt. Let's try to get it to Jaime in the post. Let's try to let him kind of cook in that mid post. And I'm a big fan of that. Like I, I've been kind of a proponent of, I think they need to let him give him more of those reps just because I think he is really good in that range in terms of 
maybe, you know, when we say giving him on ball reps, it doesn't mean pick and rolls. It means like letting him get the ball in those spots in the mid post, letting him kind of work that baseline, let him work those spin moves, let him work those post hooks. And that's what he was doing in this game. Like he was just kind of really getting to his spots whenever he felt like it. It really looked like pre groin injury, Jaime. Like it looked like what we were seeing for a while there to start the season. Uh, and it's just good to see it in a game like that. I thought he looked really comfortable, but I thought he looked really confident. Like he was like in that mode where he was like not really worried about everybody else offensively. I just thought that was kind of a good thing to see. But yeah, I think he's got to get it. The the kind of the gamer of the night, even though this is one of those games, Alex, where it's debatable because there was like seven different guys that I felt like had done some really big things. And we're going to talk about the specifics of Jaime because I think we're going to go in a certain direction for the next segment. But the way that they went to him when that game got got really close, he deserves it. Absolutely, man. And we were talking about this on playback. And, of course, automatically when I say those words on this podcast, I have to go and plug it. Playback.tv slash 5RSN or download the app. Um, come hang out and watch the game with us for free. It's always a good time. And it was a good time tonight watching them win like this, even watching the Kings come back there uh, towards the end, which was kind of predictable, but maybe not in that manner. Right. And, uh, you know, they, they withstood it. And Hyman was just a huge part of that, that um, I was about to say something that would have gone in the way of what we we're going to talk about in a couple of minutes. And I got, and I stopped myself early, but it's just because of the way that Jaime has left me today where it's like, man, that extra layer of, just refreshing offense of something they didn't have before that we got to see during the early part of the regular season with Jaime and the mid post game. Just, man, I miss that stuff, man. I, I, it's cool that he can be a positive player for you, a positive role player for you playing off ball and just kind of fitting in wherever he can find it. And, you know, that's, that's a valuable part of your game to have, but it's obvious that he's at his best and he's optimized when he's used, you know, in the post, whether it's in the mid post or, you know, in the low post with a, with a mismatch on him. Uh, you know, he even has like that face up game to him, he, the, the way that he gets to his spots. Once he really gets going, like you mentioned, once he had that confidence going, it was just so natural for him. You, you just need to use that part of his game. Like that is just like anybody else, right? Like it's not just for him. It's when it comes to the way that you're supposed to use a guy, the best part of his game has to be in there. Right. And I just think they had gotten so far away from it um, ever since he came back from the groin injury. And of course, there was a lot of reasons why, you know, you've got a lot of guys with high usage. You added another guy with high usage in Terry Rozier. Duncan is a big part of your offense. Like there's a lot of moving parts in this offense. It's not like it's Jaime's team to just kind of dominate the ball. So I get it. Right. It's easier said than done to do this and get him these types of looks uh, when everybody's healthy. But I, it's got to be used somewhere. Has to be, especially when he's in the game without some of the other best players. Like it's just, it's just an, a way for them to generate easy offense and easy offense at the basket, which is not easy for the Heat to come by. And it's it's so nice to have. And he becomes just a better player when he gets in rhythm like that, playing in the post. And I think the other st stuff kind of stands out as well. And um, so now I want to get to the next part of the show. We're gonna do. The A Aggressive Insurance Play of the Night. And now it's time for the Insurance by Lynette Play of the Night, sponsored by insurancebylynette.com and A Aggressive Insurance Agency. You can reach out to our friend Lynette at 954 581 
8800 that's 9545818800 or insurancepilonet.com that's com with two n's and two t's your best play for auto insurance homeowners insurance condo insurance life insurance or a retirement program reach out to Lynette at insurancebylanette.com so Brady, I'm going to go back to you here since we already started talking about Jaime I figured it might as well let's just get right into it Going back to him, what do you think was the play of the night? Yeah, I didn't want to give it away too much just because I knew we were going to talk about it. But I'll say this. With with three minutes left, the, the Heat are only up two, and they basically ran a play where they kind of created like an off-ball mismatch for Jaime. They sent it into him like on the right block, and he throws like a wild like left shoulder jab and then turns kind of a turnaround jumper over, I think it was Hoiter. Uh, to kind of go up four. And in my head, I was like thinking, I literally said to myself, okay, that's going to be the play of the night. Then the very next possession happened. <laughs> where instead of getting the, the right switch that he likes, where he's getting a smaller switch, he gets a bonus on him. And it looked like he was kind of get to that thing that he, he did against Middleton, if you remember early in the season, where he went baseline and had that little like pullback dribble into a jumper. And he looked like he got to that. He got to that same exact move, except once he got pulled it back, he slides into a little step through and throws a floater uh, getting by Sabonis. It was like the fact that they were going to the rookie, as we say, yep. as Eric Reed called it, uh, like going to the rookie like that, but the way he was doing it, like like absolutely picking apart different coverages, different defenders, different matchups. It's like that stuff is tough. Like that is a tough thing to do. And it's the reason why the players on the team call him baby Jimmy. It's why they they kind of compare their games. It's like, when they get in that mid-range mode, it doesn't really matter who's guarding them. They're going to find that some type of advantage to get by, but that was the play of the night to me. And there was some other there was some others that that might have been deserving because there was some wild things happen at the end of that game, like the the Caleb dunk where he kind of drove off that closeout and kind of had a wild dunk after that dunk on the other side of the ball, bam, with the block at the rim. Uh, but the Jaime kind of sequences was more important, not only because he got in a flow there, but like, the Heat offense, like as much as we're going to talk about a lot of the good stuff that happened, they hit a wall. Like the the run that the Kings went on was 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 great for them, and, and Miami couldn't really stop them. But like we knew those runs kind of happened, and they play into the crowd a little bit. But Miami couldn't score; they could not find a way to yep. score. So the fact that with limited timeouts, with trying to figure stuff out on the fly offensively, that they said, "Okay, we're going to go to Jaime and we're going to let him cook in isolation against these matchups," it worked in their favor, and, and credit to him. Yep, and Jaime was, I think, them spell bringing him back kind of during that stretch when the Kings went on that run was huge. Um, you know, not to take any shots at Haywood, who had a very good game himself and then kind of cooled off. He, I think he had a really strong first half and then um, just making a lot of the open shots that the Kings were giving him. And by the end, he, he had kind of cooled off a bit. I'm, I'm glad they went back to Jaime. Probably should have never taken him out, right? But, um, yeah, Jaime was a huge part of the win tonight. And I want to shout out some of the other guys that were huge tonight and the next one is bam who who honestly had a great who had a case himself tonight for the rocky sports gamer of the night with you know what he finished with 28 points 10 rebounds seven assists two steals one block 11 of 18 shooting uh six of seven from the field and you know the five turnovers is not great so that's the one thing you can you can pick apart but hey seven assists you know you'll take it and um you know all of that is to say Bam did everything, everything that was needed of him tonight on both ends of the floor. And again, even with the, the turnovers, I thought him being used as a 
hub as a playmaking hub again is I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. We see it kind of on and off. I w- that was another thing I wish was just kind of a bigger part of their, you know, their offensive menu as Spo likes to say when they're healthy, but again, easier said than done because you have so many kind of mouths you're trying to feed, but huge game from Bam on the boards as a scorer doing his thing, man, just looking so natural with that jab. And um, honestly, DeMontis Sabonis is barbecue chicken and I'm not, you know, trying to disrespect him or anything. He's a great player himself. He really is. Um, nice guy. All of that on defense, man. It's, it's a problem. It's a problem. Like they, they were, the heat were going at him in so many different ways, like, you know, up top or as a screener or one-on-one, like it didn't matter. They were just finding ways to go at him over and over and Jaime kind of put an exclamation point on that with that play of the night of his. We all were, were yelling when he had that play uh, on playback. So shout out to Jaime, shout out to Bam, man, who again, did everything needed. Another guy I want to shout out, Kevin freaking Love, man. 15 minutes. In 15 minutes, he put up 19 points and seven rebounds, six of nine shooting. Like, it's actually insane. Like, I, I wonder what the per 36 is on that. <laughs> I bet it's like Will Chamberlain-esque because that's just an insane amount of efficiency. And again, going back to the Sabonis stuff and just the, the Kings interior defense in general, man. Oof. Again, like the Heat put up, a, I believe it was a 120 – Yep, a 127 offensive rating tonight and 111 in the half court. Both of those 82nd percentile. And the King, the Heat have been playing well recently. A lot of that has been their 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 defense going back to their standard tonight. The offense is huge. And Caleb was a part of that. Uh, even, you know, DeLon was a part of that. We haven't even mentioned yet. Finally had his Heat debut tonight. And I know I'm kind of going everywhere here. I just wanted to sum everything up a little bit. Uh, DeLon, I thought, had a really nice game defensively. Uh, active hands, just a big body as a guard, you know, made some plays. I think he had a couple of steals, didn't he? Um, three steals. No, I'm sorry, two steals and a block. So um, shout out to Lon. Brady, what were your takeaways from – you can kind of go anywhere here from just guys who stood out or what were your general takeaways from this game? So I'll say the other guy before I mention some of those, the one guy that you didn't mention that that I think deserves a little bit of credit was Duncan – passing wise just because he did not have a good game shooting the ball and it's much kind of for the reason that the kings were so focused on him that they were just blitzing him every time he had the ball in his hands and they were basically saying like we're not gonna let you get clean threes and he kind of adjusted like he adjusted pretty quickly he was able to hit bam on like a lob like pretty early in the game he was able to make a couple of those those type of reads and his passing was just huge to kind of set the table it felt like offensively Uh, i'm glad you went to kevin love there early because the stuff that he was doing, I kept joking on playback that it looked like he's like – it felt to me like he's not playing tomorrow. Just the way that he was going at it in this game, like sprinting down the floor, hitting the floor, posting up. Um, he is a mismatch killer. Like he really is. Like if he's going to get that that post hook clean in at his spot, like he's going to knock that down. Uh, and he had a couple – you know, that above the break transition three. Like he's just in a flow right now that it's just hard to get him out of it. And it's kind of the, the exact role that Miami feels like they, they need in the non-BAM minutes. So that was just an, another good thing to see because he – I mean, look, we're at the end of February. And the whole key here for Kevin Love was the fact that you need him healthy by the playoffs, you need him fresh by the playoffs. He looked fresh to me tonight on February 26th. So, I mean, that's a that's a pretty you know big thing. And then uh, you went to DeLon Wright, which I just quickly want to say because obviously this is his debut – he was jumping off the screen, like the, his stuff he was doing defensively. Like 
he is a ball magnet. Like the way he can kind of cut guys off, he can kind of he had a couple blocks at the rim that I remember. Like he was just kind of making uh guys adjust on layups and dunks and everything. But the way he's getting around screens, the way he's kind of just being a pest and being annoying for guys in the half court, that stuff is huge. And then the fact that he's hitting back-to-back threes and kind of as a guy that's being the one that's going to be helped off of and he's able to knock that down in his first game, Miami's going to use this. Like Miami is definitely something that Miami is going to utilize moving forward. So I thought that was a, a great debut game for DeLon, especially because here's the one biggest thing about it. DeLon is better fit for a healthy Heat roster than this type of Heat roster that we saw tonight. And he still looked good in this. Like, this is not – like, this is a game for a lot of different guys. Like, this is a game for Jaime Hawkins. This is a game where he can have more usage, more times to have the ball in his hands. This is not, per se, a game for DeLon Wright. This is like if he was in Washington <laughs> still. Like, if he was in these other teams where I think when everybody comes in as a whole – and he's able to step into these roles. I think it's going to be even kind of noticeable even more so. So, And then the last guy I'll quickly say is Haywood Highsmith, just because the way he set the tone offensively. Like, he entered the game in the first half. He came in. The next three offensive possessions, he shot a three. <laughs> and he went two for three in those three possessions. Like, he's another guy. They're going to help off of Haywood Highsmith. He's just going to be the one that that does that. He was able to make them pay early. And then, obviously, he was kind of really a glue guy, I felt like kind of on that baseline. He was kind of getting offensive rebounds. Him and DeLon, Alex, we were talking about, looked really good defensively together. Like, those two at the top of a zone, that's tough to deal with as an offense. That is a lot of, like, handsy activity uh, and lateral movement. So this was just, a like, a legitimate all-around win for the Miami Heat. Like, this was one of those games that it felt like they needed uh, kind of as a, from a moral standpoint after what happened in the last one. No doubt. Just to me, one of the best wins of the season, especially given the circumstances, again, really tough to do to win in Sacramento, missing all these guys like it's you got to give them credit, man. It really does feel like that time, like Jimmy said the other night and things are are just coming around like they're getting wins. They're getting wins you don't expect. They're playing like like tonight. I thought they played. I mentioned the offense a lot, but they played well on defense to me, too. Like the Kings finished with a, a decent enough half court offensive rating. Uh, and kind of a middle-of-the-pack overall offensive rating. But I thought they did a good job taking him out of their offense with the way that they were kind of backing up off of Sabonis. And, yeah, he drilled some of those shots. I think he made a 3-2. And, again, some of those middies. But I think that, you know, that was kind of the plan, right? It's like they don't really want to take those shots. Like they're like the number one handoff offense and have been for the past couple of seasons. And uh, most of the time, like they're trying to set up the perimeter dudes or Sabonis is going to attack the paint. He doesn't really necessarily want to take a lot of jumpers. And I think some of that helped. I just thought they were pretty they did a pretty good job guarding all the, the different actions that the Kings run off ball, which can be pretty tough to keep up over a whole game. Um, and yeah, like DeLon looked like, <laughs> again, like a hand in glove fit, man. And, and you said it perfectly. It's not the ideal circumstance for him to start. Right. Uh, well, I mean. For him to debut, not because it was the ideal circumstance for him to start with them literally missing every other guard in their guard room, like unless you want to call Duncan a guard. So uh, it, it wasn't surprising that he started tonight. It, it would have been, I think, a little bit too much of a troll spo move to not start him tonight, <laughs> considering they don't have any other uh, ball handling guards other than Alondis Williams on a two way. Um, so yeah, great game for Delon, and and you mentioned the guys who are going to be helped off of for the Heat with Haywood. He did a great job making the team pay. 
Delon did a good job uh, towards, uh, I think, the second half of making the threes. And in the first half, he wasn't necessarily taking the threes, but I thought, you know, he kind of did a good job attacking the closeouts and then making the next play. And that's somebody who, as a point guard, like he has a, he's had a pretty good assist to turnover ratio throughout his career. Just somebody who doesn't make a lot of risky passes and generally, generally doesn't turn the ball over. So good, nice, really nice debut for him. I hope that he can find his way into the rotation uh, when the team is healthy, just because I really, like you said, it's nice having that extra defensive guard to kind of keep everybody in the right place. And you can do so much with it in, in the zone or uh, in, in man. And, you know, you can use it in, in, in a lot of, you can use him in a lot of different lineups. Uh, you know, Caleb also had a good game. I'm glad you mentioned Duncan earlier with the 11 assists. Like if I would have told you in 2019 that Duncan Robinson was going to have 11 assists in a game where he shot, you know, we barely made a three, like that just would have sounded insane. So yeah, just a, a huge team win. Uh, I guess to go over some of the numbers here really quick, th there was a whole lot of mid range shots being taken tonight. Just looking at this, like the heat took six, both teams actually looking at it took 60% of their field goals in the mid range and both teams, I'm sorry, 56% of their, of their field goals in the mid range and both teams shot at a 60% clip there. So just an insane amount of mid range shots taken and made tonight. Um, the Kings out shot the heat from three. 40% from three to the Heat's uh, 37%. Heat five of nine at the rim. Uh, Kings four of six. And, yeah, it was everything about tonight, you know, was just, to me, really encouraging. You got another night where the ball is moving, the ball is popping, the defense is good very to very good. And, yeah, let's get to um, the last part here. Sorry for so much rambling. So I'm not a natural host here. Next, we've got the Eric Rubenstein injury report. And now it's time for the official five on the floor injury report sponsored by our friend Eric Rubenstein, the personal injury attorney. Born and raised in Lauderdale, Florida, lives in Miami, went to St. Thomas. He's a South Florida guy and a huge Miami Heat fan. But the important thing is he can help you get your money that you deserve when something happens to you. So reach out to our guy, Eric Rubenstein. Again, ericrubenstein.com or ask about me. I got you on Instagram. And now, the injury report. So as I mentioned on the top of the show, I mean, at the top of the show, um, the Heat were missing a lot of guys, and half of them were, were injury-related and half of them were uh, altercation-related, I guess you could say. Uh, no Thomas Bryant, who missed the first of the three suspended games. Not that that would have made a difference to this game. Um, but shout-out to him, though, for stepping up for his for for himself and for his teammates the other night um Nikola Jovic uh served the one game suspended Jimmy Butler served the one game suspended and no Terry Rozier who who is still out with the sprained knee no Tyler Hero and I think at one point today they were both listed as questionable before they were eventually ruled out for the game so there you go like it's looking like both of those injuries are you know, not too bad, right? Um, and it seems like both of them will be back relatively soon. And it, it's it, it's it, it, everything is coming together, man. Everything is coming together. And I, I'm sorry, I also forgot to mention uh, Josh Richardson, who is still out with uh, I think it was was it a dislocated shoulder, a separated shoulder. Uh, but yeah, that is the injury report for tonight, Brady. If there's anything I missed with that, let me know. But otherwise. 
Um, I guess just final thoughts on today's game. If there's anything we didn't hit, anything that stood out to you uh, from the game tonight before we wrap it up. I guess I'll say, I mean, Caleb probably deserves a little bit of credit just for the fact of, I thought he was good again defensively in this one, just for that. He has a, had a really tough matchup for a lot of the game, having a guard. Deal. And he gave you 16. Um, and he gave you 16. And he had a really good start. Uh, I know the big topic was about his jumper, <laughs> about the fact that it looked smooth for a lot of the game. And as I've been saying, it's like, I feel like I've noticed this the last few years, like as, as the season goes on, his jumper becomes smoother. It's like almost like the more reps that goes on throughout a season, he kind of figures out his flow. And then by playoff time, it's kind of just, it gets into that normal range and then it starts over at the start of the season. But either way, he's shooting uh, really well right now. And and even more than that, he's attacking closeouts and getting to the rim at a really good level. I, I mentioned earlier the dunk at the end of the game, but he had some other drives where he was kind of just like much needed rim pressure, especially in a night like this where they don't have a lot of guard rim pressure. And, and he provided that. So I thought that was big. And then the other thing I'll say is we probably aren't talking enough about Bam having 28, 10, and 7. Like, it's like we're taking it for granted. <laughs> the fact that him doing putting up those numbers is like, it's like normal. Like, it didn't, it didn't even stick out to that next degree. Uh, he had a lot of dunks to start. I, credit to the other guys for, for setting him up. Caleb and Duncan kind of set him up on some lobs early. But the way that in back-to-back games and back-to-back fourth quarters – the way that they leaned on Bam, and I said, yeah, they went to Jaime, but there were some moments there where not only is Bam doing the dirty work, but he's getting the ball. Like there was the one really late in the game where he got it in the middle of the zone, turned around and hit the big jumper that really just kind of iced the game. And it's like, he's really finding his flow in that mid range again, which we're used to. It felt like when, when we are at that pocket of the season, when there was kind of the efficiency was down, it was like, it's ebbs and flows. Like it's, it's going to get back to the point where he starts knocking it down again. And we're at that point. But the big thing about it is he's not just relying on the mid-range only. And I think that's what's the big point is. I feel like he's doing a really good job. He had the one early where he had a mismatch and he dunked it. He had He's getting to these that post hook a little bit more when he feels he has an advantage. He's not just leaning on that turnaround. But it feels like when the fourth quarter comes around and he has to get down to his, his game, his go-to move, like the, the thing that's going to be the, the finishing factor, it's going to be that shoulder fake. It's going to be the turnaround jumper. And he's knocking it down right now. So credit to him. He's still being an absolute menace defensively. <laughs> like nothing is changing on that end. But he's also kind of having the the uh, ability to kind of put his, it on his shoulders offensively. And then not only the 28 points, but the seven assists. It's the what it's like what's happening with those seven assists. It's the absolute yeah. great passes. Like it's these aren't swings. Like this isn't a swing for a three. Like this is him drawing two dumping it down. This is him hitting Duncan on a back cut when the defender's looking away. This is him hitting Jaime in different spots. Like, yes, he is such a good passer and probably doesn't get enough credit for that. And it sticks out in games like this when he's the primary playmaker. Um, but man, he had such attention on him in that middle of that floor and he was still able to get it done. So, so credit to him, 28, 10 and seven. The fact that we're looking at this as, as normal. And the fact that, <laughs> that somebody else got the, the gamer of the night when he's putting up a near triple double yeah. is uh is just a funny thing to see. Yeah, no doubt. And I think it's just a testament to the evolution and the progress in Bam's game. And even though I get like people still get frustrated with him at times, uh, especially because, you know, he he's had such a hot start to the season and then kind of didn't keep up that same level of production. I, I could still make a great case to in, in my opinion like that the impact was still there even with the kind of the points down a little bit but 
tonight, like when, when he's in that role and, and used that way, I think kind of like what we were talking about with Jaime, I think that's the best of Bam is when you really see the playmaking part stand out in that way where it's just like he's getting guys, you know, with, with these really nice passes right in like in like the perfect spot. It's just he he is a master at playing out of that kind of high post area and finding guys from there. And it's it's just a really like simplistic but smart way of creating rim pressure for a team that lacks it. And and like you mentioned earlier tonight, just not having the guard, the guards to create, it's it, it was probably expected and, and I'm sure that like the Kings knew that they were going to go to Bam a lot as a playmaking hub tonight but it's it's hard to guard man like it's like what they ha- kind of have with Sabonis like it's guys who are really good at that part of the game it's it's tough to guard because the ball can kind of go anywhere and you can you know guys get found for e- easy points off of cuts and I thought like you said Bam did a good job attacking the basket tonight mixing that up as well like the team finished with 25 free throw attempts without Jimmy without you know, Terry and Tyler's pressure as well. Not that they're huge free throw guys, but without Jimmy particularly is huge. And, you know, you finish with 13 more free throw attempts than the Kings. Not only that, um, to me, the biggest thing was obviously the third quarter where, you know, you went into halftime up three, pretty close game, you know, up to that point, And then you outscore them by 17 in the third quarter. And that, that cushion you built ended up being huge because the Kings went on a ginormous run in the fourth uh, it was a 14-1 run at some point. I don't remember if that's when it stopped. But, uh, you know, they, they they came all the way back in that game, made it a clutch game, and had opportunities to um, close out there. But, again, the cushion that the Heat had was huge and just a lot of great play from kind of everybody involved other than, I guess, the guys, the couple of guys who played basically three or four minutes in Alondis and Cole Swider who didn't really do much. But everybody else, everybody who actually played – and, you know, played the majority of the minutes, I thought had a good game, you know, not perfect, but like, like we mentioned with Duncan, didn't shoot well, had 11 assists. Caleb had up and down moments, but overall a good game on both ends of the floor. DeLon, like, you know, was doing stuff and then, but wasn't shooting well to start the game and then started making the threes in the second half. You know, Haywood had his moments, a lot of moments in the first half. Kevin Love looking like 2010 Kevin Love in 15 minutes. So, you know, doing this in Sacramento is crazy. Brady, thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you to Rocky Sports Center, A Aggressive Insurance, and Eric Rubenstein for sponsoring the show. Most importantly, thank you to everybody tuning in live right now. We've got 445 people at 1 in the morning. You absolute junkies. We appreciate the hell out of you. Thank you for tuning in. And we t- we can tell that you love the game and you know ball for tuning in to five on the floor, of course. So thank you for tuning in, um, and thank you for putting up with me on a night with no Ethan and no Leif. Very similar, actually, to, I would say, what the, what the Heat did tonight with no Jimmy, no Terry, no Tyler. Uh, me and Brady having to step up here. And, you know, maybe we didn't play quite as good as the Heat, but I think we did a good enough job. Um, again, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, make sure to tune in to the episodes that we posted over the weekend. By the way, there was a best heat culture moments episode. Ethan and Leif did. They talked about, I mean, um, you and, and Ethan talked about the rejuvenated defense as well. Um, and I, I believe I'm missing one there, but I'm getting confused. Anyways, the last thing I want to say, check out our Discord server if you haven't already. The link is going to be in the description to the show and is actually in the, in the description to kind of uh, every single podcast. If you want to go look at that, it's pinned on the five reasons sports Twitter account, make sure to join that it's $3 a month and you're going to get kind of just 
you know, 10 different chats, nonstop heat talk, nonstop NBA talk. You're going to get updates from all four of us at five on the floor, including, you know, Ethan and Leif scoops, me and Brady are going to give you insights, stats, kind of our own opinion. And that's where the majority of our content is going to be going now outside of the podcast. So I'm going to, uh, going to shout that out again, off the floor, the discord server, the link is going to be in the description to every single podcast episode of ours. And that is all for tonight, folks. Thank you again for tuning in. Y'all have a good night.